This episode, like all of our episodes, is brought to you by our beloved Patreon donors. This week, we would like to thank Polly, Rachel, and Sarah. And an extra special thanks this week goes to Samantha. Samantha is a wholesome, uplifting TV show that's legitimately good, but everyone in the family can enjoy. This is our first time recording video. Correct. It's kind of like we're locking ourselves into this is our default. This is just who we are and what we look like. It's very intimidating. Yeah. No, um, I just want everyone to know that I woke up this morning and my hair looked exactly this straight and lustrous and shiny. We need more Patreon donors considering (laughs) all of the effort we have put in. I showered even though I had showered yesterday, which I have very dry skin. I can't do an everyday shower. shower. That's too much. But I I did it for the fans. For the fans. fans. And we are murdering polar bears for the fans. That's how many showers we're taking. Is that what showers do? (laughs) Shower? Yeah. Showers kill the polar bears. No, when I was a babysitter, I had this, this family where they like these two kids under the age of six, like rushed through their showers really fast. And it was just like, oh, wow, where's the fire? And they were like we don't want to kill any polar bears and i was like wait what and apparently their their mother had been like we had to take fast showers and wash our hands quickly because we don't want to kill any polar bears and wasting water kills the polar bears and it was that that's really genius i mean it it's unnecessarily traumatic to those children (laughs) however what this hoe was actually 100 percent doing was keeping her water bill manageable frugal queen she was all about (laughs) saving on that water bill now let me ask a shot in the dark question Mm. catholic family how did you know (laughs) it had to be catholic or jewish listen we have cornered the the two of us guilt market have cornered the market on guilt we we know how to employ it naturally as like a naturally occurring weapon and no it doesn't ooze out of us we strategically select and shoot it like very like like spider-man like pew pew like with with that web socks guilt 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 oh my god we're a visual medium we're visual, a visual medium, medium now guys now. we're on the visual mediums when you need some dough you don't know where to go in this patriarchal capitalist hellscape well here's the sitch we're gonna help you sis because bitches get a So can you? All right, I'm Kitty. And I'm Picky. And we are the Bitches and Bitches Get Riches. We are a chaotic good adventuring party. And we are here to shake the realm and our asses. Our time on this planet is limited. So let's get started. All right. So today's letter comes to us from an anonymous reader slash listener. Um, And they ask, or Anon, as we shall call them, asks, I take it you have investments in broad-based index funds, since it's the prudent thing to do. At the same time, many of your posts have an anti-capitalist bent. Mm, guilty <laughs> guilty <laughs> you dare madam <laughs> how do you address this conflict mind you i'm not pointing fingers here because i'm in much the same situation private equity overlords booted me out of a job but my own capitalistic investments allowed me to walk away without any pain so i don't know how to feel about that a pat answer 
is to point towards ethical investment funds. But while I was reading up on it, I ran across an article that mentioned Wells Fargo as one of the companies listed on some ethical index because they aren't in the sin or war industries. Sin industries being alcohol, tobacco, that stuff. The fun stuff. Uh, Back to our question. It turns out, as I scrolled back up, that the article was published before the Wells Fuck the Customer Practices came to light. I'd hardly call them an ethical company today, so these indexes aren't the solution that one would hope for. All right. So kind of a roundabout way of of being like, how do you sleep at night owning index funds? Yeah, I think that is basically (laughs) it. And I think in many ways, like... (laughs) that looks like something that you can purchase for a very affordable price Mm. with very speedy shipping on (laughs) etsy.com i believe it's etsy.com slash bitches get riches you should double check that don't quote me on that uh ducky our producer ducky can you please like put the actual address at the bottom of the screen ducky can you make everyone buy our crap thank you (laughs) buy our crap so I think in many ways, like, this is a pretty straightforward answer for me, um, which is fundamentally about perfectionism and leverage. So I'm thinking from this from the perspective of what can I as a consumer do to change the way that companies do things? Um, If I am a no one, I'm not a shareholder, I'm not a customer, um, I, I'm not invested in any way, shape or form with the company. I can stand on a street corner outside of their headquarters and yell at them to like, Hey, could you stop polluting? Could you stop? And you do. Um, <laughs> I do. <laughs> While wearing a hat made out of full tin foil. Um, like I don't have any leverage with them. So you kind of have to think about it in terms of like, but if you are someone who is an investor in the company, if you are a stakeholder, a shareholder, a customer or an employee, then you have a lot more leverage to say to them like, hey, uh, I believe in what you're trying to do. I really want to use your product, but I would be a lot more inclined to do so and to use your product if you were using it in this way that aligned with my values. Um, totally. And, yeah. Having and, that buy-in, I mean, it you just you said it. it makes you a stakeholder it makes them more likely to listen to you it also like i mean hoas are a great example of this and like small town town oh. meetings um where like if you can't walk into a town meeting if you don't live in the town and be like i think you guys exactly. you should really you be, should stop spraying for mosquitoes you should stop like salting the sidewalks bad. in winter yeah it's really yeah. bad like no one's people are gonna be like who the fuck is this bitch yeah. But if you move to that town and you say, hey, um, I'm really worried about my dog and my trees uh, along the road. That, when that's you, when you can walk in it. and say, as a homeowner, as a taxpayer, I'm I, an American citizen. <laughs> I have rights. <laughs> so like some of it is leverage. Right. And then mm-hmm. also some of it is is perfectionism. You have to think about it in terms of like the perfect being the enemy of the good. So let's talk just a little bit about what are some of the ways in which people define ethical investing? Because there's a lot. Let's. Yes. So Anon talks about uh, ethical investment funds. And I think we can extrapolate that they're talking about ESG investing, which stands for environmental, social, and corporate governance. So ESG funds are all the rage right now. Basically, people with this exact question, like, oh, my gosh, you know, index funds that cover the entire market, including 
things I don't agree with, like, you know, guns or tobacco or, you know, giant pharma companies. Uh, those are just, I, I don't want to touch those ethics. Ah, I will go with this ESG fund that only has environmentally friendly, socially conscious, and, you know, corporate moral or morally corporate. I don't know. Like, can corporation be moral? You're having a hard time putting these words together because thank they you. don't go together. Oh, God, thank so you it's so not much. Your fault. You're right. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> Corporate morals? Is that? Huh? Yeah. Corporate, Co- corporate mor- social governance. What? I don't um, synergy. I Something don't about synergy. Synergistic. Quick Circle lock back. off. Circle We're back. failing. <laughs> okay. No one company is ever going to do no. all of them. It, no. It's not going to happen. Or worse yet, they they succeed on uh, renewable resources and earth-friendly packaging, but they use those poor 11-year-olds in Bangladesh for, uh, you know, their laborers. Or, you know, they – well, a, a great example um, is the fact that many oil and gas companies are in ESG funds. Mm-hmm. Um, so if someone's just like, great, the word environmental is in the acronym, I am all set if I if as a big old tree hugger I just throw my money into this ENG, ESG. Well, if you scratch the surface a little bit, you will notice that ExxonMobil and Chevron are in several ESGs not because they're earth friendly, but because the methods they or the the steps they take to repair the damage that they do to the environment qualifies them as environmentally friendly companies. Yeah. So the mitigation efforts that they do to repair the damage that they've already done somehow qualifies them for ESG. And that's in the letter, but not the spirit of the law. Yeah, I I think what what the anonymous question asker is really looking for and what I think we would all really love Mm. is for someone to just hand us a way to invest in a in a safe um, and profitable way across multiple in, uh, across multiple industries like you would in a in a mutual fund or an index fund um, but to not have any of the guilt that goes along with not only what these companies do but your own personal limitations that you can't you cannot personally dig so deep into the companies that you want to invest in that you're like looking into like all right what's their board composition and 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 what's their you know what are their employee stats and and like let me be an investigative journalist digging into figuring out like okay well they do environmental stuff perfectly and they do labor rights perfectly oh but they have like a huge sexual harassment problem at their company that they've been you know back to the covering board up. now that like i've spent can't. three hours researching this company so the thing is this thinking about companies from my perspective is very new um like hmm. we have not set this kind of ethical standard for companies um and i think that this I mean, it's, it's is, good that it's a new thing you know i mean i would love that it was the standard for all humankind but uh i think it's we're in a good era and trend in investing where people are actually giving a damn about the ethics in investing yeah we're just we're in this new time where we have access to information that we never would have had totally someone of like my grandfather's generation when he was thinking about buying or selling a stock 
How is he doing that research? Like, I guess he was maybe reading the newspaper, looking for stories about them. Like, how would how would you know? Um, yeah. We knew for a long time. I say we. It was known, for example, that tobacco companies that their products were were causing cancer among people, but it did not penetrate knowledge into the general public for decades relative to when we totally. had that that science and that data and then when it started to kind of become known become reported on became mm-hmm. became talked about um so we have more information than ever um i think the best thing that we can do is right now we need to hold companies to a standard yes and if we show as consumers that we are invested in more likely to invest in a company that has some standards. What we can then do is raise expectations as we have more leverage into those companies. Yes. Um, if we don't invest in the stock market at all, then guess what? We are we are the person at the town meeting for a town we don't live in. Like they don't care. Yeah, they don't care they what don't we care. think if we're not invested. They don't care. Well, and, and um, worse than that, I mean, money is power. We've we've mm-hmm. been over this. And if you are not invested in something, um, you know, your assets are are diminishing exponentially due to inflation, depreciation expense. Meanwhile, the people who aren't so scrupulous with their ethics are making bank in the stock market. So yeah, yeah no, you you gotta show up to the town hall meeting if you want to make change. Um, And I think that that's like, I think that that's a good compromise, you know? Yeah. Capitalize is an amazing service that helps you roll over your old 401ks and they do it all quickly, kindly and painlessly. And it is 100% free. Uh, free? That can't be right. How How is it free? Basically, you don't pay anything as the consumer, but if you need a new account to roll those funds over, um, then Capitalize will give you a bunch of options and some of them will pay like a commission. Um, so oh. it's the banks that are basically paying for it. Um, but you don't have to use one of the ones that they partner with uh, for those commission bases. Like you can just pick whoever and do it and it's still completely free to you you still have like every possible option that you want um so it's a freaking perfect match that. for us because hey <laughs> instead of the customers Yay. isn't that amazing okay now get that. back to our script oh, okay okay back to the script okay <clears throat> capitalize handles all the paperwork the phone calls the scheduling the faxes mailing checks and getting everything professionally notarized mm-hmm guys You're going to do this right now, okay? Because I know you've been putting this off for four years. We know you. You're Mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. Go to highcapitalize.com slash BGR, or you can click on the link in the show notes to let Capitalize help you roll over all of your old retirement accounts. That's highcapitalize.com slash BGR. Don't, girl. Don't wait. Don't do it. Highcapitalize.com Roll them over or we'll roll you over. Yeah. You know, I had this interesting conversation with my partner the other day where um, the grocery store near us sells one brand of mm-hmm. 100% recycled toilet paper. Um, and we were going up and down the aisles and I was like, oh, can you grab the toilet paper, which we always get this one. And he went to grab a different brand that was not recycled. And I was like, um, mon dieu, what have you done? <laughs> um, and he explained, well, I know that the perforations on these sheets really suck. It's one of those ones where you pull it and instead of going neatly down the dotted line, it like 
grabs a random continent of stuff. And so it makes it very, like, not friendly for a user. Sure. Um, And it's kind of a, it's kind of a crappy product. (laughs) Got a little toilet paper humor there. (laughs) Little bathroom humor on Bitches Get Riches. Who knew? Bitches Get Riches. Not just poop jokes about money, but also money jokes about poop. Exactly. That's our tagline. That is our Um, tagline. So I, I, we had a conversation in, in the aisle of this grocery store where I was like, okay, but here's the thing. If we don't buy this product because the perforation kind of sucks, which it does. Um, the message that this company will take home, they will look at their numbers and they will look at their competitors' numbers, their competitors who aren't using a recycled product. And they'll say, oh, people are just getting the cheapest thing because that was what he reached for as an alternative, which is a cheap product that is nicely perforated. So all the information that they're getting is that people don't really care about whether or not the paper is recycled. So we're not going to bother. It's a lot of extra work. All of this is extra work. If you want to make sure that you have good um, diversity in terms of gender, in terms of age, in terms of race and ethnicity, um, if you want to have um, sustainable uh, uh, environmental practices, if you want to have recycling programs, if you want to have like all this stuff is hard work for the company. Why would they want to do it? If it's not going to sell their product better, right? Like they are (laughs) only doing this stuff because they think it's going to make us buy it. And we're kind of stuck in this capitalist society where it's like, this is the best and only, not the only, it is one of the best tools that we have is how we spend our dollars. So if you don't buy into companies that are at least kind of trying, Mm -hmm. even if they're doing it imperfectly, like all you're sending is the message that like, we don't care that you try. So don't bother. Please don't bother. Just make us the most capitalism. You do get an A for effort. Like you you do get points for trying. And I knew that in this episode, we were going to talk about the nefariousness of capitalism and toilet paper. Two things we're known for. So um That's true. Check that off our list. That's that's our brand, yeah. Yeah. Um no, uh so I wanna bring up I wanna play Devil's Advocate. Um, How dare you for a moment. He hate the devil and all his works. And all challenge me. And all his advocates. Um, Challenge me, go. Oh, okay. So here we go. Um Tanya Hester, hallowed be her name, uh, the matriarch of the fire uh, movement. You can read her work at OurNextLife.com. She has a book out called Wallet Activism. And a lot of it is about just what you're talking about, about, you know, using our dollars to influence capitalistic companies and corporations into doing better. Um, But she also has a whole chapter on divesting. Um, And yes, yes, right. So divesting essentially is, you know, what a non uh, our anonymous asker is talking about here, which is pulling your money out of companies Mm -hmm. that you don't believe in or that aren't ethically up to par. Um, And the thing about divesting is we know that it also works. Take, for example, gun manufacturers. Um, I know this This will shock uh, our very uh, intentionally liberal, progressive feminist audience, but I'm a gun owner. I own six guns. Why do I own six guns? It's because we hunt. <laughs> Plain and simple. Yeah. Like my like gardening, sustainable ag- agriculture, sustainable farming, and hunting and fishing, I think they're all united uh, as an a environmentally friendly 
way of getting your food and your nutrition. And um, anybody who doesn't like that can we can talk about it later off the air. So I'm a gun owner. um, But when it comes to divesting from gun manufacturers, I think that's a great way to encourage uh, change. So a Mm -hmm. lot of, you know, NRA lobbyists, uh, gun manufacturer lobbyists, they are very invested in people buying as many guns as possible. And one way that they do that is by, you know, making fancy new toys every once in a while. And I do say toys because so many of them are, they're fucking toys. They're fun to play with in a shooting range. Um, and like, there's just something that scratches that masculine itch about going boom, boom with the fire sticks. We are, we are, Um, we are a mask for mask podcast for sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, but if you say pull your money out of gun manufacturers who, uh, manufacture, uh, assault style rifles or who manufacture bump stocks or high capacity or who, magazines or who market the things that they produce specifically to emotionally unstable teen boys yeah 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 exactly um and who capitalize on tragedy frankly and and horrific murders to sell their products if you pull out of those gun manufacturers and instead put them into a uh, gun manufacturer who specify who specializes specifically in hunting rifles and shotguns. Um, that's a great signal that you're sending to the gun industry to say, "Hey, um, less weapons that can kill a classroom full of first graders, and more weapons that can ethically and sustainably hunt deer in the middle of the legal hunting season." Yeah. I think that's a great example of like how powerful divesting can be. Mm -hmm. Um, Fundamentally, there is exactly one thing that harms a capitalist organization, a a company, a for-profit company, which is threatening their profits. That's the only thing that they truly care about. They can talk about how they love their customers and they can talk about how like, Oh, our our employees, we're a family. We're they can a family. Say all that shit. We're a family. And it's all garbage because like it's right it's up until not they true. fire your ass. They are saying that stuff because they think it will make you more likely to purchase their products. That's it. So divesting is the most powerful investing and divesting, I think, mm-hmm. are the most powerful tools yeah. that we have as Money. consumers when you're thinking about the stock market and trying to force more ethical behavior. If you kind of need to build up your stock portfolio as a baseline of, you know, establishing your own personal financial stability and growing the kind of wealth that will enable you to give yourself the life that you most want for yourself and, and to create stability in your life and the lives of people around you, you have to be investing in companies. So you have to invest in the companies that are trying and exactly. if they're trying imperfectly, you can you can push that. Um, yeah. If there are companies in your ESG, and this has happened where certain mm-hmm. companies have been cut loose from ESGs yep. because they, they fail to meet the minimum standards. Exactly. So um, we kind of have to like deal with the imperfect. It's um, you you can't kind of say like, well, there's no such thing as a perfect company. Therefore, why bother trying at all? Um, that's a yeah. really grim view of the future and it's one that will not 
impact change. Okay, so we've talked about investing as a way Mm -hmm. to change companies from the inside. We've talked about divesting as a way of, you know, pulling out to send a message. (laughs) Pulling out. That's what she said. Um, there. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, But let's also talk about the impact that your personal investment has in giant vehicles like index funds. Um, So, and my my point here, spoiler alert, is going to be that individuals don't have as much impact as they would think in a giant vehicle like an S&P 500 index fund. Mm Because an S&P 500 index fund, it tracks the entire S&P 500, which is one of the largest indexes in the world. It's over it's the just 500 biggest companies. In 500 biggest companies. Well, traded, yeah. 502, I think right now. But, you know, sorry, Poindexter. Um, I, the point being, if you have $1,000 invested in 500 companies, you don't have much invested in in each individual company, right? Mm-hmm. Like your investment is spread out quite a bit. Um, it's more they they pay slightly more attention to the shareholders who have a bigger chunk of their company, and I yeah. think that that allows you to absolve yourself a little bit, just a little bit, of some of the ethical guilt involved with a total stock market index fund. Um, so I, I think that going back to our original question, I love this as a thought experiment, but I honestly don't think it's an issue that the average index fund investor needs to worry about too much. Yeah, I, I think I'm all about investing as ethically as you have the means to determine that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I recognize that not everyone has the means to do the research, to understand the statistics totally like that is that is its own full-time job or the Um, means to pay the fees in you know an actively managed fund or something you know the the time alone spent investigating companies like i think that's the biggest takeaway here is ain't nobody got time for that yeah and here's another thing here's a question that i would want to pose to our anonymous question asker which is what are you doing with the profits you get from this company um, maybe you were, as you mentioned in, in your example, maybe you were invested in Wells Fargo and you find out, oh, damn, I made like eight bucks every year off of this company based on however many <laughs> shares I own. And I found out that they did something really, um, really rude with their customers. And I don't feel good about this money. Well, guess what? The one nice thing about capitalism and kind of thinking about how you have the opportunity. One nice thing. You get one, one nice one. thing. <laughs> you have many opportunities to spend money and to make money. And every time is an opportunity to spend and make money in alignment with your values. So maybe you're making a small percentage of your total profit off of a company that's done some things that you don't agree with. That's great. You can divest from them. Please, like, Go to town on that. However, another way to think about this, when you go to the supermarket, are you choosing to buy a local product or are you choosing to buy a sustainably farmed product or a cage-free product? Um, when you uh, have friends who are in need, do you help them out? Um, when you have family member who need caregivers, 
do supply some of that some of that assistance. Um, there are so many ethical ways that you can spend the money that you make um, that I, I want to encourage you to not hold yourself to a standard of I must be perfect and impregnable mm-hmm. in my morality. Um, a phrase I've heard often is that there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. Right. Um, and I think that phrase has a lot of power behind it. I do also think that it can encourage people to just say, well, then fuck it. I'll buy everything off of Amazon Prime and that'll be my whole my yeah. whole life because there's no point in trying. And I think there's always a point in trying. There's and always a point in trying. if you get it right sometimes, not every time, that is better than just not caring and kind of saying, yeah. like, I'm going to abandon myself to the ennui of the time and just say, like, well, <laughs> the world will be on fire in 100 years, so who cares? And yeah. that, regardless of whether that's true or not, like, you have to choose hope. You have to choose um, action. You have to embrace what power you do have to gain more power rather than just kind of passively lie there and say, there's nothing I can do about this, so I'm giving up. Yeah. And like in the long run, if there's nothing you can do to, you know, make things perfect ethically, like there is something you can do in the short term to, you know, improve the lives of others. So you brought up Amazon. That's a great example. Like their workers are actively unionizing and striking and like fighting hard for better labor conditions. And we support them. You Mm -hmm. go, Amazon warehouse workers. Get them. Get them. Yeah. Um, so in the short term, like while that labor rights fight is ongoing, hell yeah, divest from Amazon. But in the long term, you know, you also need to take care of number one. You need to put yourself in a position where if your people need to rely on you, you're there for them and you have a nice fat investment portfolio with which to do so. Absolutely. I think when you let the perfect become the enemy, the good, here's the question I would throw back. All right. So this company... Maybe they have covered up some sexual harassment in their U.S.-based offices. Never but, works. But they have a commitment to not using child labor. That choice, choosing that company, even though they're not perfect, does that make a meaningful difference to someone? Well, yeah, to those kids who'd be working in a factory, it makes a big fucking difference. Um, if a company has um, an imperfect track record um environmentally but they have a policy of um intentionally deconstructing uh caste uh preferences in their offices in india is that great for the environment no however does it matter that they're trying some things to some people who need some help yes it does so if you can make a choice that helps someone don't stop yourself from doing that because it doesn't help everyone and everything it can't well it said. just can't well said in in the town hall meeting that is the stock market you not only want to be in the room you want to be in a position where the other people in that room have to listen to you yes oh my god there's the soundbite want to be in the room where it happens the room where it happens I, I want to be in the room where it happens, the room where it happens. We're so been, good. We're, oh my God. We're giving the people a complete fucking experience. We are harmonizing on Hamilton on our podcast, which is now a visual medium. I'm so proud of us. Um, I am too. Um, yeah. Are you good with that? 
good with that. Listeners, if you want us to answer your question, go to BitchesGetRiches.com and click Ask the Bitches. After all, this podcast is listener-supported. We are committed to never, ever putting our best content behind a paywall, only our worst content. So if you like what we do and you want us to keep doing it, you can support the podcast by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash bitchesgetriches. And if you need even more bitches in your life, and who could blame you, you can read our articles or follow us on social media at bitchesgetriches.com. All right. Is there anything else they should know? Yes. Um, the screaming eagle sound effect you often hear in movies and TV shows, yeah, where it does that thing, it's never an eagle. It's always a red-tailed hawk. That is the only creature that makes that noise. Frankly, if you look up eagles making noises, they sound like emotionally despondent cats. <laughs> and I've had it. I've had it with red-tailed hawks getting the short end of the stick. No more. Not under my watch. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Bitches, Bitches out. out. Yeah.